Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hey everybody, it's episode 170 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is your long-lost host, Russ, finally back uh, now that we're past Fear the Walking Dead, which I hope one day to catch up on. Uh, the Chosen One has returned. <laughs> yes, but uh, joining me on this on this strange adventure we'll be having tonight uh, are Mr. Aaron Newworth. Hey. Mr. Richard Chubtold Sheldon. Hello. Mr. Jim Dietz. Any, mini, miny, mo. <laughs> and uh, podcaster extraordinaire, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello. This is a great crew. Yeah, the best crew. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> you ain't got the lie, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> get my French fries. Got a little salty here for a second. No, I'm just messing with it. We love Craig, but Craig, we we had a bit of a scheduling uh, mishap, so Craig couldn't be on tonight. Uh, but so this is uh, this is like a cornucopia of crazy topics. So we're gonna talk some Comic Con uh, because Aaron and Daryl were both at Comic Con this year. Uh, we're going to talk about some video game stuff. We're going to talk about some interview stuff, uh, and then whatever else just happens to come up that is not, uh, Batman versus Superman. So I, I think, I think, uh, I will at this point, uh, since, since Daryl and Aaron were at Comic-Con, I will turn it over to them because they they will have the most insight for this episode for us to talk about. Well, um. We, I, I was at, I was in Hall H for, on Friday, on Friday. Hall H is the giant hall of Comic Con where the most of the, like, the, the major presentations happen. And Fear of the Walking Dead and Walking Dead both had back to back panels because Chris Hardwick doesn't want to walk that far. And, um, <laughs> sure. Daryl, did you happen to make it to the Hall H panels for Walking Dead? Uh, no, I was, okay. uh, way back in the, uh, main floor. I never got over there. Okay. So uh, let me ask you that. I'm yeah, going to yeah. interrupt. I'm, I'm going to interrupt right off the bat. So okay. one of the things I noticed, Aaron, right off was, the Lucille. Yes. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Man, I wish I would have thought of that. Oh, points. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to be banned. So one of the things I saw you tweeting was like, hey, I just walked right into Hall H. Was it because you waited in line overnight? Was it because you had press access? Was it combination of, of the above? Like, uh, what was it like getting into Hall H in Comic-Con at 2016? Asking about press access is probably the cutest thing you could have said because no press access yeah, does I, nothing. Yeah, I know, comes, I know. I just I had to ask. I know, but I, I just want to, yeah, having a press badge, which I had for being a Comic Con, uh, does not allow too much. Uh, especially you don't have to pay to get in. Especially, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty comfy. But um, but but as far as access to panels go, that that means pretty much nothing, especially when it comes to Hall H. Um, as far as me walking right in, what I tweeted, um, I was. It was kind of in reference to a lot of uh, major movie studios did not show up for Hall H this year um, for various reasons, uh, mainly because I think studios like Fox had nothing to show, but they want to chalk it up to pe- too many people bootlegging their stuff and putting it online quickly. Um, 
But I think because of that, there is kind of less of a large fan base that definitely needed to be in Hall H on various days, except for Saturday, which featured the panels for Warner Brothers and all their DC films and Marvel and everything in between on those. But on Thursday and Friday, um, things are a lot more TV focused. And while, you know, there's obviously things popular, such as The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, which was followed by which followed The Walking Dead, uh, those things have their share of audiences, but it's not as kind of because the days aren't like stacked with all kinds of things to see. There is kind of a, a there's only so many people that want to definitely be in these panels. So because of that, um, I did not, I did, I didn't think there'd be too much of a crowd for uh, Hall H, and so I just walked over, and sure enough, I was able to just basically just walk right in, and yeah, no waiting in line. Saturday I did wait, or fr- I guess Friday I waited to get the through the process involved to getting in on Saturday, but Saturday that there was a waiting process. Friday not so much. <laughs> so does that answer the question? Russ? Yes, thank okay. you. Sorry for for interrupting. Oh, for sure. Uh, don't let it happen again. Uh, <laughs> I make no promises. And, and don't touch me. Um, <laughs> so for the panels, uh, we can talk about the trailers because I think we've all seen the trailers at this point. But I, I will say, uh, first off, for Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, Chris Hardwick came out, of course. He was the moderator for these panels because why wouldn't he be? And the entire cast came out uh, for Fear of the Walking Dead, or at least most of the cast came out. There was no Ruben Blades present. Um, but uh, what's what? Their, what are their names? Uh, Kim Dickens, Cliff Curtis, um, Coleman Domingo, Frank Delane. I got to make up more names as I go along here. But the <laughs> and the rest uh, all came out uh, on stage. Um, they showed us a. They showed us. A, I mean, as far as seeing stuff, we saw the trailer, which we, the five of us can get into in a second. But the, they showed us a blooper reel from Fear of the Walking Dead to show that things aren't so serious all the time. Um, and the best part of this blooper reel, and I don't want to expound too much on the highlights of blooper reels for the Walking Dead shows, but, uh, Coleman Domingo is a fool. Like, he was having a blast doing stuff and, like, in, like, dropping lines and whatnot. And there's even a point where they showed him, uh, dancing up a storm while, while, uh, Michael Jackson's Beat It was playing, and they kind of edited a whole blooper around him dancing while, um, Madison was, like, uh, creeping up behind him to see what was going on. Um, uh, uh, as far as insight uh, uh, for the Fear of the Walking Dead panel, not a ton. I mean, there's you can imagine that uh, Frank Delane's Nick is not the most thrilled when it comes to being covered in fake blood for those scenes, and he kind of expounded on that. Um, the direction of the season, we can basically talk about. We talk about the trailer, but uh, you know, we're going to be in Mexico a lot. New characters introduced. Um, which again is in the trailer. Why don't, we, why don't we talk about the trailer? You guys all saw the trailer, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. So, as we all left off with Fear of the Walking Dead, none of us were too plussed about it. Am I recalling that correctly? Yes. For those of us that actually stuck around with all the Fear of the Walking Dead, <laughs> yeah, I believe well, I'm not over or under, just whelmed. Yeah. There you go. And AMC cuts a good trailer. I'll put it that way because I mean it is a it's a solid trailer for the rest of the season of Fear of the Walking Dead. I, I would say. I was impressed with the trailer. I, I mean, yeah. I actually, I don't know if I got excited for Fear of the Walking Dead, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. It looks like it could be interesting. It certainly, there's, I I use this knowing what it kind of implies and the, the kind of status it has, but it certainly has an Empire Strikes Back feel as far as everyone's in disarray. They're trying to, you know, everyone's trying to get back together again. Things are kind of darker than ever. Uh 
and I I like that. I like that. Like as far as yeah, I was very concerned at where the show would be going following the first half because we had such a we had a, you know a clear drive in the regardless of how much we liked the first half of the season, we had a clear drive as far as they're on a boat. They need to get to Mexico. Now they're in Mexico and like all hell broke loose and they're trying to like find out what's next. And I'm su- I was surprised to be yeah engaged by what seems to be in store where everyone's kind of in a different area. Uh, you have you have Strand and Madison and some of them in like the, some hotel. You have um, what Cliff Curtis. I almost forget Cliff Curtis's name, but um, uh, you have him and his son Travis. Uh, Travis, thank you. And Chris, right? Travis and Chris. You have yep. Travis and Chris dealing with, you know, Chris being a sociopath and whether or not he's going to be actually helpful. Then you have Nick discovering someone like around Tijuana area, uh, and they have like their own kind of religious cult type thing going on as far as how to handle the walkers. And I want to know about all of these things. I, I was, I yep. was surprised. I was surprised. And it even looks good. Like the show never looks bad necessarily. Oh, actually, we talked about that. The show has some, some issues here or there, but like there's some, there are some shots involving that hotel in particular that I was like, oh, there looks like some creative filmmaking going on. It does. I uh, The hotel thing was what really piqued my interest. That and the whole where it looks like that group was sacrificing people through a bus into a bunch yeah. of walkers or yeah. something. I don't know. That really piqued my interest. So, And that yeah, the, yeah. The, the character that leads that girl is, is part of that group. She was, on, uh, she was on stage as well. I don't have my... I know I had I had a notebook because I took a few notes to make sure I could recap some of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, but yeah, there is a new character involved in that group that involves Nick gets involved with with, with those people, and um, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we saw like the wherever the wherever Abigail was that the whole the, the farm or whatnot with <laughs> just saying farm right. bad memories right there. But you know that whole like um, who, who's like the what, what was her name? You know the. Um, the mother of the of Abigail's like friend, right? She was like the leader of that. Right, I can't remember her name either, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it you know that was a Celia, right? Yeah, Celia. Uh, we had we just got through that, and now this is like another kind of uh, area in Mexico with people kind of emerging with ideas of how to handle the whole zombie outbreak and whatnot. And yeah, I given that we've gone backwards in time on this series, and you know needed once again learn about how people deal with the impending apocalypse or the, the, the arrival of the apocalypse or whatever they want to call it it is neat to see ideas fleshing out how various groups deal with that since we're you know not just limited to the south and in the walking dead no news on flight 462 however that was a <gasps> oh no <laughs> but didn't you say there was a diorama of flight 462 at the con yeah, uh, Daryl, you want to talk about the um, the exhibit halls, uh, Walking Dead presence? Yes, they did like a nice little exhibit of uh, like, what do you call them? Wax, like a wa- wax figures, I guess. Wax figures of uh, the Walking Dead, and I mean, the I think the best one was um, was uh, was the leader of the group, Rick. I think Rick was the best one out of all of them to me. Yeah, like every year. I know I post pictures on the general in our Facebook group of, you know, they have like a, a display for Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead now where you can, people just walk up. There's generally people dressed up in Walker costumes and there's some kind of set piece from the various, from like some signature scene of the season. Uh, and, and this year they had like the camper, um, Negan 
and yeah, all of Negan the was good. and all of the kind of all of the people in front of Negan in the season finale of The Walking Dead were all on their knees and they had wax figures of each one of them. And right. yeah, a lot of them look pretty good. Some of them look bad, Carl. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't do the kids well. But it, it was pretty neat. Like it was pretty neat to see the, yeah. the the representation they had there. As far as Fear of the Walking Dead goes, they just had like a they had a a piece of the um, what's it called the uh, the um, the fuselage. fuselage. Thank you. I was like, there's a complicated word that's not just airplane piece. Uh, fuselage. <laughs> piece of airplane. <laughs> they had like a fusel- they had a piece of fuselage. I'm going to keep saying it now. With like two seats and then there's walkers behind people so you could like sit in the seats and walkers would be all over you so you could take pictures and whatnot. How, how, how either of you got away without getting a selfie in front of 462 to send to, uh, Craig? I don't know. I did, you know, honestly, I was, cause that would have been, that would have been like the, the death blow selfie. It's so, he- <laughs> it was, it's so, it was so hectic and crowded you there. I didn't even get a picture of just the thing itself without somebody's head just going in the way cause they wanted to take a picture. So yeah. it was kind of, there was that. There's a giant line for the walking dead one. If you're the walking dead, probably yeah. easier, but like I did, honestly, I didn't even piece together that it was more of a flight 462 thing than a fear the walking dead thing. It just had a giant banner that said, Fleer the walking dead yeah i was like all right i don't need to be involved in that for a picture then i later re- upon realizing i was like you know what that is a flight 462 thing that's actually pretty funny that that that's the thing they're representing from fear of the walking dead after all that intensive coverage of flight 462 that we did you know devoted parts of this podcast to i mean I, yeah but i did get in the captain's chair for the enterprise there you go i, I saw, saw that that. <laughs> that was awesome captain oh, bertrand oh yes but more important was Daryl and I meeting at Comic Con for the first yeah. time. Yeah, I think that's what counted. Yes, right <laughs> it felt like The Walking Dead with the journeys of trying to get through areas. Yeah, I, I, was, I was pushing past people. I covered yeah. myself in nerd sweat to make sure that's no one right. could detect my scent. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so. And there's a trick: if you just stand anywhere and just act like you're on a line, people will begin to stand behind you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I heard I heard Cheeto dust works, or like the crumbs of Doritos at the bottom. <laughs> In the bag. That's a big part of it. That's a good, a good lore I've heard. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at a pic that Renee took of the camper set up there on on your on the Taylor Network of Podcast website. Oh, yeah, he got uh, Renee got all the. And uh, yeah, it is super super dense of people with all of them with their arms in the air taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they do mix in like they did mix in a couple of live zombies. Uh, yeah, and, and on the end. I threw up some pictures on the Walking Dead Facebook page as well. Like straight up of the of the uh, the models. Um, so yeah, okay. So the, that was the Fear of the Walking Dead like panel that I was talking about. There's also the obviously the Walking Dead panel. Um, this was this is you know that was like the opening act. Then like the Rock Show really started when this one. <laughs> everybody everybody walked out. You know the like yeah the the entire cast walked out, um, including uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. In character as Negan, he came out on stage. He was dressed uh-huh. in his Negan costume, and he was swearing up a storm, you know, far more than he'd be allowed to. <laughs> which was awesome. Re- that was refreshing. It was like, oh, this is the Negan I'll, I won't get to see weekly on The Walking Dead, but right. at least he's here at Comic Con right now. So good for him. Um, and this this panel, I mean, it, I, okay, actually, there's there's one anecdote I have about this panel because there's it's like a basic panel of. Like, there's a couple things actually. It's two things. I'll talk about two things that happened at this panel. Most of it's just like, hey, all of the cast members can't really say anything because we were not supposed to know who got to film what or whatnot. Um, and the ones that weren't there, like Lenny James and um, Melissa McBride, obviously they weren't in front of Negan at the end of last season, but they weren't there, so they can't talk to us about anything either. <laughs> but, uh, but there, okay, so there's two things that happened. 
One is there is a little kid um, in line to ask a question. Uh, and like not just like a little kid, like 11 years. He was, he was like probably like like seven. And he had like he had like adorable little kid voice like, oh, my God, it's Chris Hardwick. And I'm going to talk about the walk in. Like and and he was dressed head to toe as Negan. Oh, so little, little kid, tiny kid, mm-hmm. you know, like dressed complete, like his hair slicked back, has the red handkerchief around his neck. <laughs> so Lori Grimes award to parenting. Has goes the black, to <laughs> he had the black jacket, he had the pants and he had a bat. He had a Lucille bat and it was oh like covered, it was like covered in blood. I think I saw that kid walking oh the God. floor. Maybe. And I, and I know Hardwick took a selfie with him. Uh, but like kid walks up. <laughs> and like I, what was his question oh my god his question too are you my dad it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> today on Lori he had some question it was like what was it like to film as Negan and uh, was it hard like that kind of thing it was but it was like it was both adorable and frightening at the same time it was like oh my god this little kid's dressed to the nails as Negan uh, so that happened um, the other thing that happened was uh, Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln, they were talking about this kind of prank war that they seem to have on set. And they even showed us a video. Norman like Norman Reedus took a video on his uh, iPhone of him. Um, <laughs> uh, the of, 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 of Yeah, it was a glitter bomb that he put in Anthony, Anthony Andrew Lincoln's a car. So when he turned off the car, like it came out through his air blast, like a bunch of glitter and stuff. Uh, so they're describing this, and then Andrew Lincoln takes up his hand, and he, like, blows a whole handful of glitter into Norman Reedus' face, and then it all, like, most of it backfires onto him. So, like, every time the camera kept cutting to them, you just see them, like, super sparkly the whole time. So it's like, <laughs> seriously, they're, like, trying to, like, answer questions about the show or, like, or take Q&A questions, and you just cut to them on camera, and they just look like they just got out of some, like, rave at 3 a.m. So, yeah. A lot, a lot of disinformation because they can't talk to us about anything, and basic... Uh, the basic questions of like, hey, it's great to be doing the show again and whatnot. And oh, and uh, Ross Marquand was there along with uh, what's his name, Michael Cudlitz, and they they were trading impressions. Ross Marquand was doing oh, that's cool. Well, uh, Michael Cudlitz apparently does a mean Stallone impression, so they tried started doing Stallone and Burgess Meredith, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like back. And You're time. a bum, Rocky. You're exactly. a bum. So, <laughs> so that was fun. Seems like uh, an odd year to have a Comic Con panel. Because you can't say anything. <laughs> like, it right, just seems yeah. kind of strange. Well, you want to talk about the trailer? Yeah. 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 Uh, Russ, I mean, what, what do you want to think of the trailer for The, the Walking Dead? I, it's about what I expected. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in that you got everything of, obviously, I, I, I will say this. It's not a so, trailer, it's a reflection. Is what well, it's the beginning somebody was. Somebody gonna die. Yeah, the beginning was. Which no. Obviously, they need to pad it out to make it seem like it's longer than it is. So the first you know, minute, minute and a half is just that. But I guess there was more Negan in the trailer, like outside, away from that that you know nighttime setting than I thought there would be. Um, I thought the Ezekiel stuff was pretty cool. The fact that... Awesome. The fact that there's actually going to do the tiger, so that actually surprised me because uh, I know we'll, I, we'll talk about this separately. But you know the fact that they they had some voluntary layoffs, and you know there's kind of talk about money being a little tight because the ratings are while still phenomenal are kind of you know trending. It plateaued. Yeah, well, yeah. I have good times in my head now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was i was kind of surprised by that and i and then the bit at the end obviously we got tara and dr dre r- still running around so you know we had to we had to catch up with them a little bit so uh i i thought it was fine i mean i like i said i we got a lot more new footage than i really thought i really thought the whole trailer was going to be 
recapping what we knew with that, you know, with that, with just random dialogue from the, the series as a whole through the whole thing. So the fact that we actually got to see some new stuff, I thought was really cool. You mentioned uh, Dr. Dre, Corey Hawkins, who is in Dr. Dre in the Straight Outta Compton film. The dude's getting work. He's on Walking Dead. He's uh, yeah. the star of that 24, 20, the new 24 yeah, show. Man. He's he's, a, he's one of the stars in that Kong Skull Island movie. Like, dude, right. dude's getting his jobs done right now. <laughs> Better get that work in now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the trailer, yeah, it, it, it doesn't show anything much besides some teases at what's to come and those are the teases those are the things i look forward to i could care less about the like we need to make sure we show every character and apparently like the good times from their past when it was just when it's just a young zombie apocalypse yeah (laughs) when they're showing remember this yeah (laughs) they're showing us what it was fun to be in the zombie apocalypse before all before you know before it got bad (laughs) i can care less about that which took up like you know a lot of that trailer and i was more concerned with like yeah like carol reacting to being in the kingdom presumably seeing the first glimpses of ezekiel uh like things like that it's like wow all right i i, I want to see how they handle this uh, i know some people were complaining about that tiger i was like all right there's a tiger sure let's see yeah all right they brought the tiger in, all right like, people were not. complaining about it there are some people that were like not convinced by the tiger because apparently the show about zombies needs to convince you that it, the tiger looks amazing um for the most part, I thought it did look pretty good. I thought it looked pretty good myself. A- AFC budgeted, you know, giant tigers. Go. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to TV in general, I tend not to be so harsh on effects unless they're glaringly terrible. Uh, you know, marginally, you know, problematic uh, effect shots on a TV budget don't bother me at all because I'd rather have that than not have it at all. And I mean, you just got to deal with the reality of what it is. It's not a, it's not a hundred and seventy-five million dollar blockbuster. You, you just got to reset your expectation. Even then, it's certainly, you know, that's an ambitious thing to have to pull off. Heck yeah! And uh, I, I'm happy they're going for it. I'm also like, wow, all right, that's looks pretty good. <laughs> no, I agree. I totally agree. Like we've seen the show not deliver on certain. Like I remember the the season premiere of last season when they had like the giant zombie horde and that like there's like some explosions. I think right at the beginning of the season where it's like, yeah, that could have looked better, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're going to see a tiger. It's okay to leave some to, you know, the viewer's imagination. Well, they could have also just scrapped the tiger completely. They're not. (laughs) Right, and that's my my point. It's like, okay, I'd rather have it not look 100% than than not have it at all. Like, it's okay. I'm wondering if those people that uh, were poo-pooing the tiger have read the comics, are comics fans, because maybe that's the difference there, because that's what I've been looking forward to for a while now is this ever since Alexandria, it's like, I can't wait to see the tiger and Ezekiel. So yeah, they, uh, you know, another season of the walking dead. It's something to look forward to, but that's all I got as far as the, the you know, the panels go. Yeah. I, I, you make a really good point about that trailer. I thought that's all the trailer was going to be. Aaron was just like, you know, remember this good time with this character who could possibly be dying. You know, remember this line from this character who yeah. might be dead, you know? And I thought that's all the trailer was going to be, and I was just going to be disappointed. But, you know, they did slip in some new stuff, and I'm glad they did. So It just has that weight of, whole, you know, of, of them killing a character off, just hanging on it. Yeah. Right now. Which I think is its own problem that I think we've talked, or at least I talked about on the that podcast for that episode. Mm-hmm. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think we all we all did. <laughs> yep. Have any has, has anyone's theories changed or come up with new theories of who the one might be? No, I still think it's Abraham. 
Yeah, that's I'm, I'm yeah. I'm that's I'm leaning towards Abraham too. So. Yeah, I've I've been avoiding like whatever stuff's been popping up involving set photos or whatever. I don't know if anything has come up just because I just haven't you know tried or even ventured into that area. Um, I think I, I believe I said it would. I thought pretty sure I said it would be uh, uh what's his name uh, Daryl <laughs> and. Uh, Still fine with <laughs> that being the case. Still fine with that. You're going to stand by that prediction? I'll stand by Or just, you know, the most, uh, the, I mean, what's it? What is it? Um, Occam's Razor or whatever. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, you know, the most obvious is usually the answer or whatever. Sure. Uh, and that would be uh, uh, Glenn. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I wonder yeah. if there are, like, odds somewhere, like Las Vegas odds. Oh, I'm sure there are. Oh, yeah. I would love to love, see, you know, what the spread is. Because, like, Glenn, Glenn would be about even money. You know, I think I think, yeah, I think Abraham would be pretty close, probably two or three to one. I think you get like Rick, Rick and Daryl would probably be like you know, maybe twenty or fifty to one because yeah. you know, I don't think they're gonna kill either of those guys off. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe his motorcycle show is doing that well, and they're like, we don't need him anymore. We can just give him his own TV time. Sure. <laughs> what if that's true? I guess it could be true. What if the night that episode airs, they're like, by the way, Norman Reedus' fun time on motorcycles has been renewed for 17 more seasons. So don't <laughs> worry. You'll see plenty of Norman Reedus on AMC. Oh, <laughs> I assume that's what the show's called, by the way. Norman Reedus' fun time with motorcycles. Sure. Close yeah. <laughs> sure. Something seems, like that. Yeah. Seems yeah. legit. Why not? I think I'll buy that one. You can quote us. Have Just you like, uh, so I get hump, humping comic books with Kevin Smith? I think that's his new show that he has with Greg. Humping comic books. Do you guys have anything else to say about Comic Con? Any uh, any any final final Comic Con? There thoughts? wasn't a lot of. I mean, it was my first time ever being at Comic Con, but there really wasn't to me. I don't know the previous years, but there really wasn't a lot of Walking Dead buzz as I was walking around. There's just different stuff i mean i if anything i saw more marvel and dc movies yeah, than the, anything the presence of walking dead at comic-con i mean it's generally confined to like those sets and then like the uh the um what's like image comics like there and but you know kirkman has this whole outcast thing going now so it's mm-hmm. and by outcast i mean he's become the third member of outcast now so it's been really busy for him <laughs> nice uh, but no his new outcast wow, here is kind of really? taking over like you know, like like in general, they've had, uh, you know. Was there? Was, speaking of Robert Kirkman, was there anything other than the little announcement that we got last week uh, about him? Because he, he's bringing um, the Chronicles of Amber to television. A lot of Skybound, yeah. Talk. I think he had a panel for Skybound. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, panel, so. Okay, I'm sure. a lot of that. Like I mean, yeah. As far there's generally been the panels and then the like the big display set and then Image Comics usually has a lot of you know comic focused Walking Dead stuff in general. Generally, there's like a giant header, like a a huge banner for something. Generally, Walking Dead related. This year it was for Outcast because they have this both the show and the comic, so they had to like promote that more. But you know, this you can still find all the books and there's there was like there's plenty of action figures and like cross or, or uh, Lucille toys and s- stuff there. Right. Um, yeah, as far as like Comic Con goes, um, Walking Dead related, no, that's pretty much it. Um, I, I to, to plug my other show. Um, if you want to hear more about, you know, just everything that I was able to see at Comic Con this weekend out now with Aaron and Abe, Abe and I discussed everything that uh, I managed to uh, see at Comic Con, including all the Hall H panels for the movies and whatnot. Wow, that's, I'm sure that's quite a lot. I usually covered fairly well. I mean, yeah, we, I'm not sure able to see. 
Yeah, it's uh, I you know I try to get around to see a lot of stuff, so there's a lot of info to go over. And obviously, you know, having being for people being able to see a lot of those DC, all the like the Warner Brothers um, footage because they put it all online right away. There's a lot super a lot, smart. It's a lot more to delve into. Yeah, mm. but I do have some exclusive Marvel stuff because we did get to see some some Marvel things like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a different podcast. Oh, <laughs> yes, Alien Groot. Several podcasts. Yeah, but they finally gave Yondu his mohawk. Yeah, his fin, right? Yeah, man. Great stuff. <laughs> um, also announced at San Diego Comic-Con. I wasn't there, but I did get to see the uh, the trailer for the new uh, season of Walking Dead uh, video game Yay. from Telltale Games. And uh, season three ha- features Clementine, which in the end of season two, that was kind of a grim ending there. I'm not going to you know, spoil anything, but I mean, I'm glad to see Clementine is still alive. I guess a few years have passed. And there's a new character, Javier. Um, you play, you keep, you'll switch between Clementine and Javier through the game. Uh, same art style, same episodic nature as the other games, where they sell like a season pass so you can buy it in bits. Um, and it'll be coming out before the end of the year for all the major game platforms. <clears throat> I know we talked about it before it came out, but I actually, I think PlayStation had a deal where it was five bucks for the Michonne Telltale game, the Walking Dead oh, yeah. Michonne. It was like all three episodes for like five or six bucks or something like that. That's uh, a good so, deal. Yeah, it is yeah. a good deal. I played through the first episode and it's it's really good. I like, I think I like the story that they're going with a lot more than even. Well, I think season one had a really good story, but but this is this is really cool because it's like Michonne meeting up with another group. They're off on a boat and and stuff happens, but. Yeah. It, it depicts a certain time in the comics that readers yeah. will obviously be aware of, as far as where this is set, which is interesting, just because the you know the the uh, the series, the the Telltale series, the 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 Clementine based stuff is not set in the it's set, it's set in the comic universe, right? Uh, yeah. As right. opposed to like the show or anything like that. And this, I guess, is technically is also it's just it has something directly tied to the comics, as opposed to an offshoot that happens to be in the same universe. Uh, I know the first two seasons are amazing, and I imagine this one will be too. Telltale has really uh, been hitting their strides with these uh, these adventure games, and I love the art style of these. Yeah, the art yeah. style is really cool. Yeah, I, I really it, like it. I've said I've said in the past that the the, the Telltale Walking Dead games, these ones, Michonne, I haven't actually finished yet. I finished the first episode, and I have yet to play the other two, and I will eventually probably, probably get on that at some point. Um, but the I've said in the past that the the Telltale Games is my current favorite version of how to ingest Walking Dead, as as far as uh, show comics or, um, or or video games are concerned. This is my favorite way to get Walking Dead at this point. And I love watch I love reading the comics, and I mostly enjoy watching the show. <laughs> so there you yeah, go. yeah, it's strong. One thing that I think Telltale's done, obviously, they this is a formula that they're comfortable with. They've done it a lot. I see that they're tightening it up. Like the engine itself looks cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, you, Jim or Aaron, you guys noticed, like even with season one of The Walking Dead, there were like weird clipping things and yeah. you'd see, you know, where objects yeah. would collide and you get weirdness. Like that stuff even was that way, uh, even playing, uh, The Wolf Among Us, the, the Fables one. Uh, it seems like that stuff has gotten cleaner. It was a little tighter in, uh, in season two, but I think it's even it's even more tight in the Michonne uh, game that I've seen so far. Like it, it really just seems like this is they've 
they've really tightened that engine up. And well, yeah, that that comes with the territory. Sure. Of advancing as far as the technology mm-hmm. goes, or just how to how to make these games, or should sure. I? And you know that stuff can be slightly problematic or whatnot. But I've been just pre- impressed at what the writers have to have to offer for these you know Walking Dead stories. Yeah. They're, they're just doing a, a fantastic job, and as well as the voice actors too. They're doing a good job of committing as far as the emotion goes for this stuff. Yeah, you, you know, I really care about Clementine. A you yeah. know a character that just came out of nowhere in the first season is you know little girl trapped in a zombie apocalypse and you're like wow I really want this person to survive. I wonder if what I haven't heard for season three and they just announced this for the Batman Telltale game is they're going to allow multiplayer. It's something they want to incorporate into the engine. It's kind of I guess the next evolution of the engine where it's almost like decision by committee. So I, I guess the thinking is if you had three or four people playing locally. Or <clears throat> I can't tell. I don't know if it's over the internet or not. But you could basically play, and I guess if if there are multiple people making decisions, that could influence the actual decision being made, which I think is kind of is kind of mm-hmm. neat. I guess if you're playing with three people and two people chose one and you chose something different, that you know that would actually influence the outcome. Uh, so I, I haven't heard that being applied to season three of The Walking Dead. But like I said, it did. They just I just within the last couple of days heard that as something they were doing with the Batman. Uh, Telltale game, which comes out here just in a, in a few weeks. Another one I can't wait for. I mean, yeah, yeah. Got looks really solid. Batman now, I'm sold. Like, don't, yeah, it's just yeah, a, it's such sure. a good, it's, just, it's um such a good engine for telling a story, and it's not it's not twitchy like you know the first person shooter or something. Is I mean, there are times you have to make time decisions, you know, in a split second, but it's all in, you know in service to the story. And I really think it's a good format. They really. They've hit their stride. I mean, they've come a long way since, like, you know, their Game of Thrones game. That first season was kind of rough, and um, but now, I mean, they're like, like you're saying, uh, they really have hit their stride with this kind of, you know, the structure, and it's cool to see the adventure, you know, kind of old school adventure game in a weird way make a comeback. Yeah, so good on them, Telltale Games. So other news, who wanted to talk about Lori Holden? Oh, okay. Um, well, what was it like last month or so? Uh, there was a little thing that went up um, in an interview she did talking about um, her character saying that she wasn't originally supposed to die in season three. She said something, she had an eight year deal. She was supposed to be there till the end. Uh, she says, I was supposed to end up with Rick. I was supposed to save Woodbury on a horse and I was buying a house in Atlanta. And she was talking about how she got the call while shooting that uh, from the showrunner who isn't a part of the show anymore, she basically blamed it on uh, Frank Darabont, um, saying that he couldn't write the episode that he was killing off uh, her character. So um, that was basically what she said. I mean, it was basically one of those. Uh, I don't know if it was sour grapes or not. I guess it was a little bit of if that. If I had, if I had to get, I mean, because this is we're talking about Lori Holden played Andrea. Yeah, uh, yeah, is. I think we've probably I think we've gone over this in the show before, but her character is more prominent in the comics than she has been in the show, essentially, and more you know likable <laughs> compared to and still alive in the comics yeah. Yeah. compared to you know what the show presented, where you know I, I recall it's not being quite fond of Andrea and the way the show took her, not on yeah. the fault of Holden, but just as far as how they you know the character is essentially right. It's more of a seems to be more of a dig on Darabon. Uh, as she praised the showrunner now. Well, so the, I, mean, the, I mean, that whole like season one through three thing you know, that 
it was problematic for, you know, they're in and out on showrunners and what have you, where, you know, the show, for better or worse, now has Scott Gimple running what seems to be a fairly tight ship as far as the, the way things are going, regardless of how much we appreciate each episode and each season. But if I if I had to get what I was saying, if I had to guess, I may, I think people really didn't like Andrea, and maybe maybe and maybe the show just wanted to get rid of her. <laughs> like they didn't like if she's not a popular character. I don't know. I don't know if they really wanted to keep her around. That said, we have people like what Father Gabriel, who's kind of turned a corner at this point. And I'm kind of more rooting for Father Gabriel than I was, and yeah. he's it's not like he's been around that long. Yeah, you know what I, I you know what I find the most questionable about all of that. Is the fact that she's on the show called The Walking Dead. She knows that they kill more people than cancer, and yet she was looking to buy a house in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, she has an eight-year contract. I mean, yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't know the ins and outs, and so it's hard to say. I don't think I don't think every decision, you know, for someone to be killed off a show is personal. You know, and I think maybe some people take it as personal because maybe she thought she could, you know, you know, ride that train a little longer, but. Well, it's an ensemble, know. so you kind of have the option to, to you know, when you especially have an ensemble. The, well, especially, yeah, I mean, this, this it's The Walking Dead, you know. If it was the Brady Bunch, that would be different. Now, the know, only but, people <laughs> that would not, I mean, the only ones who could probably be kind of confident that the character wouldn't be killed off is probably going to be Rick, if anybody. Probably Rick and Carl. You could probably Rick Carl. Carl. Yeah. yeah. Rick and Carl. I would say Rick, probably... Carl, and Daryl, but that's just me. But <laughs> yeah. I would say that, but you never know if he gets a contract thing. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he wants to be there, I, I can. I don't. I don't see him uh, leaving. But it just it was a. It was a funny thing for her to come out with this. Uh, with this interview out of nowhere, like it was just no context to it. It just. Yeah, and some time has passed too. It's not like this happened yeah. like six months after. Like this has been. Well, I assume she has to be a part of some new show or something before her to just like start talking about stuff. <laughs> like, well, there was no mention in the. In the piece about a new show, it just, it just we're talking about unless they just asked her only about the Walking Dead stuff, and that's all they posted. That, that See, what is Lori Holden up to? I just yeah, I can't find anything. Chicago, <laughs> Chicago and that made me also think that might be mm-hmm. a, a thing that encouraged yeah, she's, her. There's not a whole lot going on, like one-off episodes here and there of like major crimes, Chicago Fire. Oh, I see. The interview was to, it was from Walker Stalker Con in New Jersey, which uh, is automatically a con I want to be a part of. Walker Stalker Con. <laughs> like, sure. Because, <laughs> so, yeah, she, she joins the Vatos and people that were on The Walking Dead and like to talk about it at Comic-Con pan- or at various yeah. cons. And yeah. also they had uh, uh, the other uh, character that was killed off as well. Um, what's his name? T-Dog? Uh, no, not T-Dog. He <laughs> saved, you know he saved a bunch of kids in an orphanage. What? T-Dog was a hero. <laughs> Always a hero. Are you, what are we he talking cooked, about? He cooked good barbecue, too. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, the, the guy with the camper, what's his name? Oh, yeah. uh, oh uh, Dale. 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 Yeah, Dale and her one. Jeffrey the, DeMond. On the same yeah. panel. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Dale He's been Andrew. working, though. He's been in uh, Billions. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yes, he has. Yeah. Jeffrey DeMond. Yeah. He said, yeah, I got a house and I can still pay for it. But what's that? <laughs> what you doing? Well, and he's not going to talk bad about Darabont, I wouldn't imagine, because like he's 
He's like his good luck charm. Yeah, I mean, Darabont yeah. does something. Except with The Walking Dead, because that didn't work out at all. Yeah, that <laughs> no. didn't work out too much. Uh, was he in Mob City? Was he in that show or whatever? <laughs> Man, I'd be shocked. No, he I don't think he was, because I watched that. Well, some of it, anyway. I, I had all three episodes on my DVR for about two years, and then my DVR raced, and I wasn't too upset about not watching it. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's the extent I have for that one. So now you survived. He was. Yeah, I see. Yeah, he was. He was on all six episodes. He <laughs> so was. He, wow. So TV and Demun, or TV, Darabont, and Demun don't go well. I guess that's the that's the takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> what it looks like is the Miss TV show being produced by. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the only I, I had the, the other news I I wanted to just touch on since we're talking about like sour grapes and stuff like that is did, have you, did you guys see any of that stuff about AMC offering voluntary layoffs to kind of cut down the workforce? No. So yeah, this, this broke, I guess, a few weeks ago. It was, I guess the, there, there's no involuntary layoffs, me, meaning they're not just starting to cut staff, but they want to trim about 6% of the workforce and they're, they're offering voluntary layoffs right now to AMC employees. Um, and apparently it's a, it's a par- fairly big package that they're offering for people that have been there for, uh, like 10 over, you know, 10 or so years. You know, the stock price has been a little down because I guess the the ratings for Better Call Saul Season 2 were down. Uh, the ratings for Walking Dead and Fear the, uh, they're, you know, like Aaron was saying, they're kind of plateaued. So things are kind of on a, I hate to say a downward trend because I, th- I personally think that the Season 7 premiere ratings are probably going to be bonkers. Um, they will because they have such a, an in for how sure. to make people watch because you have to find out who died on The Walking Dead. But yeah, I'm, I'm very curious what the first what, few episodes of Walking Dead will be like as far yeah. as the ratings go. But what's the deal? Like they can't move up the – they can't raise the commercial? I, yeah, I guess. I mean I, I guess when your ratings are plateauing and on a downward climb, I mean it, I guess it gives you less bargaining power you know, with advertisers. I- uh, does it really have much to do with Walking Dead's ratings or or with a lot of the failed attempts well, at new new programming that AMC has had? Yeah, I mean, I you wouldn't know. even say failed. I, I think I think part of it is Better Call Saul did Low well. Winter Sun. Yeah, Better Call Saul did really good season one. Not it, it had had a decline for season two, and then I guess this Feed the Beast is not exactly lighting the world on fire like they thought maybe it would. Um, no one's feeding that beast. Nobody's feeding that beast. Right? Nope. Um, you know, I guess Enter the Badlands, I guess, was kind of the opposite. Like it exceeded their expectations. Um, so yeah, they, yeah. They, they got the second season on that, which is, I mean, we're talking about some of these shows. It's not like, obviously things cost money, but it's not like Low Winter Sun or Feed the Beast are, they're not genre shows. They're not shows right that now. are requiring a, a huge amount of budget. Like I'm sure it costs, you know, a, something to do, but it's not, it's, this is a TV network. They know how to plan for this kind right. of stuff. Right, right. Something like Into the Badlands. That's a that's a show that requires a level of you know, you know there's some expense there that they really have to deal with and that they wouldn't be they they wouldn't be you know going forward with a whole new season if they weren't confident that there would at least be some kind of profit down the line in there. Yeah, so, so it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to imagine well, what is going off the Walking Dead you know the flag at this point because Mad Men and Breaking Bad are over the flagship show of of AMC like what and even then I well, just, I don't think that show. they're having a hard time finding sponsors for Walking Dead yeah I I just there well, the, I mean that thing is a merchandising and advertising machine so I guess Fear of the Walking Dead would be the thing I'd be concerned about because that show right. yeah the ratings exactly. aren't you know amazing for that show. <laughs> 
Well, is it because the show's getting big? I mean, the cast is getting bigger, the sets are getting bigger, yeah. it's getting more expensive, and they're not able to yeah. get any more extra revenue than they already have. Well, and what's funny, too, is you got to figure shows like Talking Dead. Um, which, talking, talking preacher, yeah, talk, talking, the, yeah, which like, costs nothing. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, what's the, the, probably the biggest expense they have on that show is is probably Chris Hardwick. Um, at this point, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's probably oh, we'll get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, considering how well those ratings are, even compared to most regular TV shows, I mean, the ratings right. on that on that on those shows are are crazy. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's cheap, and I guess th- their plan is to expand on that too. Like they want to do talking everything. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised if next season we see like talking the Badlands or or whatever, just because. Um, <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh boy. <laughs> kind of be awesome. Well, it's because you know other networks have obviously copied this pattern too. Oh yeah. Like some some, some, may, some some may think it's shameless, but it's like that. To I mean. It's not like I'm watching all these, and it's not like everyone's being forced to watch these either. So I don't know what they're complaining about. It's not their money, but like I get it. Like I, if you like people, if people are fans of a show, here's a very inexpensive way to keep the conversation going about that show. Where as much as it's just hey, like let's talk about how great we all are. At least there's you know there's something for fans to have as an additional bonus that networks can benefit from as well. I, I get the logic of it. Right, it's it was really their official pod. It's their official it's a, podcast. Exactly, yeah. it's their podcast. Yeah. Right. And it's funny because I, I, I was reading this article, and, and as they got down to the lower part of the article, they're like, well, the the person writing it was kind of railing against it because it's basically like a mouse mouthpiece for the network. Like, you can't – you know, it can't be candid, and it can't be real. It's It's – you know, they're not going to say, well, that episode sucked, but – and I'm like, well, but that's not what it is. Like, the point of the show is for you to hear about the experiences of the people working on the show as they worked on it to give you right. some behind the scenes, some sneak. This is like the DVD extras you're just getting on the front end and not the back mm. end. And so I, was I will like, say, though, I will say, though, with this format, like, I think that they do it right with, like, Game of Thrones. They actually have, like, they kind of reflect back into the episode and maybe tell you things that you didn't know yeah, because that, yeah. that yeah. cast is so dense and thick, you know? But I think yeah. where, where, you know, um, The Walking Dead kind of stumbles is like, you know, when they just bring in random celebrities yeah. to talk like, about how they feel about The Walking Dead. To right. tell me how she cried. Yeah. That's exactly. Episode. I, I don't yeah. care. To her credit, she's one of the better guests they have. No, no, I'm not saying she's. Better. I like it when she's on. I, I do. I'm just but saying. I get the point example. of what you're saying yeah. too. Yeah. Right. As an example, it's like I go to like I do love the uh, the talking back whatever they would call it for the Game of Thrones because it's on that episode. I they talk about even they even mention things on right. on previous shows that I might have forgotten and missed, and they exactly. really have enough analysis on the episode where I'm in like it, it really is interesting. And that's what I want from walking dead sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's why we, that's why we just do our own podcast and I write yeah. about the show every week. So you can get that insight there. It's just kind of funny like, that they were banging on it for not like it's, it's like, well, you can't keep it real. And it's like, well, that's, I, that's an unfair it's criticism. Not a, it's not a review. Right? Yeah. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I don't it want it real. I just want discussion. Just yeah. talk about the show. Which I think they do balance it. Like, yes, I. it's not like – because I don't watch it for one thing. Like, I see maybe clips some of it sometime once in a blue moon. But, like, I – they seem to be – like, it depends on, like, the you know, the guests they have on for the week. So if it's, like, a random person, 
where it's like, let's see how this goes, just to stir things up. That's one thing. But when you have like Gimple on, or you have Nicotero, or you have various yeah. cast members, and the show's planned out enough where you, like there's some kind of expensive set, but there's some kind of like creative set piece they want to really expand upon, or like some deeper plot issue that they can dig into, or some behind the scenes clip they can show. Like there's there's stuff to glean from that. Like it, you just have to right. because it's an hour, right? It's an hour. Yeah, it's three. just the realist. Yeah. Some of the real estate they waste sometimes on yeah. just reaction or you know. If when you yeah. go to sleep at night, do you think about zombies? It's like just some of those things just uh Yeah. But like the like the death toll, that's fun when they do that kind of that's, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's I like that stuff. Fine. Yeah. So yeah, it's that, it's a mix of like some of it works, some of it doesn't. I can't yeah, wait to hear what Chris Hardwick has to say about our show on talking the Walking Dead TV podcast after this. <laughs> <laughs> So that Daryl guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking to Rita's. <laughs> <laughs> What else? Any other Walking Dead stuff? There was some casting stuff, wasn't there, not too long ago? Um, was there? Yeah, uh, I think, uh, what's her name? Uh, Karen and Shipka from Mad Men? Yes. And, um, what's yes. Your, and Skyler from Breaking Bad? What's her name? Um, Anna Gunn. Anna Gunn. They're both, they're both cast for next season of Walking Dead. Yeah. Anna Gunn, really? Yeah. yeah I'm more excited for that. Karen and Shipka. She's my, she was my, she's my, one of my favorite Mad Men characters. I yeah. Think yeah. On that show. So I'm like, all right, cool. All right. I guess I was going to. You know, one of the things that Jordan and I used to do, and I think, Jim, you were on the last one we did, we used to do uh, Breaking Mad, where we'd interrupt the the Walking Dead TV podcast like once. I think we did it. We did it three times, I think, total, where we talk about kind of the AMC stuff that was not the Walking Dead. And and so now that we've got Walking Dead and Fear, you know, it's it's almost it's almost year round that we've got some kind of we got little breaks in between, but we got we got some. I just I, I was curious. Since we haven't really talked about it, what, blah, what are you guys thinking about Preacher? I know they they you guys covered it on the DC TV podcast. We right? do indeed. Yeah, yeah. I just and we tomorrow night we still have to talk about the last two episodes. I can, of Preacher. just I overall can, just like really high level, just kind of you know, I obviously not getting nitty gritty because that's not what what it is. I was just curious, you know, if we just I'm enjoying it. High level, I'm enjoying it. It started out with a little bit of a slow pace, um, and the fact that it we're in the town for so long, but with what I think is coming up in the next episode, the last episode of the season, is going to be something that kicks off what I've been looking forward to that we I haven't gotten yet this season, so- and that. And that is the road trip aspect. So I See, think that's the weird thing with me because I'm on the boat of other people that probably a lot of people that listen to this show that haven't read the Walking Dead comics because I have no idea what's what's happening. I just I I just have to go on each episode, and it still feels kind of slow. It just it just it kind of feels like Walking Dead did a little yeah. bit when they mm-hmm. some of those problems. May I engage in a metaphor here? Yeah, sure. Please. There's butter. All right. There's butter. Okay. We all know what butter is like, what it tastes like, how delicious it is. It's rich. It's creamy. Okay. It's very good. Go on. There are substitutes for butter, which are very close and approximate and look like and may taste like. I can't believe butter. Exactly. (laughs) That's right, Fabio. Very good. To me, the the original Preacher comic was butter, and this show is margarine. 
that that's a that's a great metaphor. That that is a perfect. It, 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 it looks and smells and kind of tastes like a preacher show should, but it's like it's missing the soul and the core that made the comic so appealing to me. And I know, I, and I know, I'm like I'm a, I'm I'm coming at it from a bias because I've read the comic, but it's my bias to have. I um, I'll add my two cents on this because I obviously if oh, some someone writes about it every week. For, I write uh, I write about it the young folks. folks, yes, and I have read the comics as well. Um, I think I'm the most positive uh, amongst us here uh, on, on Preacher. I'm not saying it's perfect, um, but I am. I am very high on it as far as um, what it's delivering. I think it started off um, in a way of like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And sometimes that can be terrible. But I think for this show, because the things that they're throwing at the wall are so ridiculous, it works better than it could. And I think around episode six, it really kind of centered its focus and really started taking off as far as giving I us a, a great arc that's, that's to follow. My favorite episode so far. Now I will I will add a couple things. I was at Comic Con for the Preacher panel as well. Uh, I got to go into Hall H for that panel, and what was cool about it was that they did a live read of the previous episode, this week's past episode, episode nine, the penultimate, the penultimate episode of the season, um, where Seth Rogen, showrunner Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg were there reading like the stage directions, and they had um, Dominic Cooper, Ruth Nega, and Joseph Gilgun. Um, reading their parts as well as some of the other cast members, and they had special guests actually because not everyone was there. So they had Daniel Pennebaker from The Flash, oh, um, cool. G- Kevin Smith, and um, Jason Manzukis, who you guys might know from other podcasts and shows like The League and whatnot. Um, they all filled in for various roles, and so that that whole thing was awesome just to hear a script read like live in front of you. Um, and if you know how that episode goes, the very end of that episode is. It's quite visual, so we didn't. They didn't do a live read of that. They just did a let's just show the clip of what happens at the end of the episode. So that was awesome. <laughs> it was like we, we we like heard and you know just through dialogue what was going on. Then we got to actually see what was going on in the episode. So it was a cool mix of things, and uh, that was followed by a preview for. Well, it was like a, it was a kind of a preview for the second half of the season as a whole. But I will say to Chub Toad, you are certainly correct in your assumptions of where things were headed. Um, yeah. they, they show they give you the implication of where things are going to end. And Seth Rogen even made a joke. It's like a, it's like people. A lot of people think we wish we could have done this ten hours ago. Um, and he's very right about that. It's, he's he's exactly yeah. right about but that. But I, I will also. Prob- probably- think- oh, go ahead, Jim. No, it's cool. I mean, uh, they'll probably. Um, I'll probably like the show better once it gets on the road. I ab- absolutely. I will also add that Garth Ennis. Garth, right? Gareth, Garth. Garth Ennis. He was at Comic Con. He was there on the panel with them. Oh, and, nice. And while obviously, you know, you're not one to like want to bad mouth, you know, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds. It seemed like he was very genuine about how positive he is on the on the what the direction the series has gone. He had he had he had conversations with Rogan and Goldberg and with other, with others about how you know what to properly do with Preacher to, in order to make it work as a TV series. And he was very much he was the one that kind of spearheaded the idea of changing things because he didn't think it would work to do like a straight up adaptation of the comic books. That doesn't necessarily well, mean it's absolutely the way to have gone with it. But what you know when you have an author that you know, responsible for this work that is you know as opposed to someone like Alan Moore who just says no to everything. When you have someone like Kirkman or have or Ennis that are you know completely behind it, it does give me some like. It does make me happier to know oh, that I'm not man. liking something in spite of somebody else. Like it, everyone seems to be on board with this, this you know kind of adaptation and what that entails. That's right. cool, and I, I have nothing against like a, you know a non-literal adaptation. Obviously, everyone been, have been watching The Walking Dead this long. Uh-huh. Um, I just you know I, there's just some parts of it I, I'm just not are just some of the moving parts just are not clicking for me yet. For sure, I can I can understand well, that as well. As I said, I read I've read the comics. I I. Yeah. 
familiar with things that could be a different way, and it's interesting to see what choices they make to not just move things around, but to change aspects of certain characters. But for taking away, because I even I say this in the writing a lot, I try not to focus too hard on what the comics does versus what the show does. And Jim, I know you're not doing that as well. I think you're just, you just right. obviously you have a certain thought of how things could be versus what you're getting. But as a taking the show in itself on its own, I'm mostly very happy with what they're doing with it. Um, and I and I certainly like how it's progressed as the season has gone on, as the characters have kind of gotten more used to the shoes they're wearing to play certain people and whatnot. And, and I get it. T- and the thing is, is you can't, they couldn't really do a straight ad- adaptation anyway, because, I mean, you're talking about a comic that was written over 20 years ago. So there's a lot of differences in today's society. So adapting it there, it's obviously going to be different. Um, but what I think that they've done and, and us comic readers will appreciate it down the road more than we are right now is there's little pieces of information that they have put all throughout these first 10 episodes mm-hmm. that we learn later in the comic and we learn on the road and we learn through stories that are being told on the road and things like that, that having all this information already, I think will help with the stories going forward. And I think we're going to appreciate it more as the comic readers once we get that. Well, it has potential, but it's just, there's certain motivations of certain characters that are just not, they feel like they're not there yet. Well, Daryl, in the comic, the three main characters, you know, cast Tulip and, and Preacher, um, I mean, the comic is really centered on the relationship between the three of them and the story being told of them three on the road. And right now, it's just all these pieces of the town that they're telling stories of. And well, if, you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to hear right. more about the, the producer show, you can always turn into the, uh, tune into yes. DCTV podcast. Yes, yes. Where we yes. go in depth on it, so save some of that for our show, guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, I was just curious, just in general, like I said, whatever. I mean, I I enjoy it more than than not. I mean, I I'll definitely be sticking with it. I I'm kind of with you guys, though. I feel like there's just something off with it that I can't quite put my finger on it necessarily. Uh, yeah. I think the performances are outstanding. Yeah, um, they're not bad. Gilgan no, and Ruth Nega yeah. are just like perfect. I mean, they 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 both just crack me up. Like, do you the problem with Dominic Cooper that I do? He just seems like a little too sulky. Well, the problem I have with with Dominic Cooper, and this is, I can't really fault him that much, but living in Texas for the past 35, <laughs> 30 some odd years, yeah, the, the accent doesn't really hold for me. <laughs> um, yeah, and it and it is fluent, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it and even when it's when it's full, it just it doesn't sound like a Texas, like a Texas act. Like it, it, he's trying to pull off a Southern accent, but I just don't. Andrew Lincoln's got that same problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Dominic. Yeah, I think I think Dominic has it. I, I it's more noticeable for me because maybe I think I think with Andrew Lincoln they kind of somewhat mute it a little bit, like it's not as pronounced. And I think because it's Texas, they're trying to get Dominic Cooper to kind of really lay it on. I, I think Ruth Nega sounds really good. Like I think I think her. Um, her her accent uh, comes across pretty well. I mean, obviously it's it's kind of exaggerated, but yeah. Uh, 
but but you know living in different parts of rural and not so rural Texas over the last 30 years uh <laughs> there are people that sound that exaggerated <laughs> in and certain she's parts she's just so cute yes yes she is yeah. but yeah i i mean the whole dominic cooper thing i just i just let it go like it's just like yes he's he's never going to sound like a guy from texas it's just not going to come out that way and you know what i'm like i'm i'm past it there's a there's certain I agree with Jim. There's a moodiness to his care, but I think there again. I think there's a lot. I think I even talked to you, Jim, about this when we recorded another podcast uh, for for my show. Um, but I, I feel like the second season of Preacher has like the setup to be like a really good season of television. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and while I do, I think I do like the show more than you guys do in its current incarnation. I am very much looking forward to where things are headed based off what I gather could happen based off the comic. Uh, Agreed. I, the the other show that I'm really looking forward to, and I know it's a ratings dumper, and I'm really shocked that they renewed it. Um, but I really love Halt and Catch Fire, and I know it's getting ready to come back. I think in early August, like August, or, yeah, yeah, like with within the next two or three weeks. And uh, you know, having just watched Stranger Things on Netflix, uh, you know, I, I growing up, you know, as an '80s kid, like most of us, most of us here have. Uh, anything like eighties nostalgia really just kind of hits my hot button. So I, I love halt and catch fire so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that AMC is, is willing to, to give it another, another season, even though, like I said, the ratings are pretty abysmal. Are they? Cause shouldn't it have already happened by now? Oh, it's uh, I keep seeing the ads every week for it, dude. Yeah, it's just so yesterday. I guess I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm the one person watching Feed the Beast, so I see the ads. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even like this show, by the way. Feed the Beast, like it's just like, well, <laughs> does anybody really talk about that show? <laughs> Well, th- there wasn't enough cosplay Comic Con for my liking, but uh, <laughs> I look for it. I look for it. But there. So yeah, so I don't I don't know if you guys watch Halt and Catch Fire at all. Um, I, yes, and I love it. I, I, I totally forget about. It. I don't even know what it's about. Not Macintoshes. Yeah, it's, the the first season took place in like 1982, um, and it was basically about the the com- the first com- it's fictitious, but it's it's somewhat uh it's it's kind of like one of those where the events in general are kind of how they happen but it but the, the the specifics are fictional um and it's about a company in Texas that uh this guy comes in that used to work for IBM and convinces this small electronics company that they should build the world's first IBM clone that they should literally uh you know take an IBM personal computer and make their own version of it. And while it sounds kind of boring and mundane, it's really interesting because the personalities involved are, it's one of those shows like, you know, what they're doing isn't as quite as interesting as the people that are doing it. Um, and so. Well, they don't sell it well enough. They, no, they that, don't. They don't. I don't know what that, I should know what it's about as soon as I see the promo. And when I don't, that's, yeah. That's a problem. And Scoot, I, Mc, Scoot McNary's in it, and he was the guy that was the the victim of in in Batman versus Superman in that was in the wheelchair. That I don't want to spoil it in case yeah, anybody's worried. He's so he, he's the main character. He's main, the main character. Uh, yeah. And Lee Pace, and, uh, the guy. Yeah, in, in the, he played the, um, the, ang- the angriest elf from the Hobbit movies. Yeah, the angriest elf, and and uh, Daryl's favorite favorite uh, Marvel villain, uh, Ronan the Accuser. Uh, in oh, the, there you go. You just made me sad. Uh, I assume that's a joke, right? Yes, it is very much so. Uh, Ronan is not a very good dancer. 
Yes. No, not as problem. good as not as good as Star Lord. Uh, right. But yeah, the cast is the cast is really good. Um, but it, and again, it just it's very set in the '80s period, so it's just kind of funny, you know, hearing about you know the the second season follows the comp, you know, as things progress and the the crew kind of breaks up and they start basically their own BBS. Uh, their own bulletin board system where people dial in. Is this in. on Netflix or no? The first, I believe the first two seasons are on Netflix. Yeah. They are. Oh. Yeah. And they're short. I think they're, the first season was. I don't know. They're like 13 episodes. Are they 13 each? Okay. Yeah. They're yeah. 13 each. It's, it's just really cool. I mean, it, again. So you described it better than they did the guys they paid to. Yeah. Advertise <laughs> the, the whole show. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't huge on it. I kind of gave up, but I, I do like that cast quite a bit. It was it, like I said, season two took a really weird turn with a, with the characters and the story. And they kind of pushed forward a couple years. Um, and season three is going to be even more, uh, more of a change. This, the setting has changed. They're, they're leaving Texas, uh, and, and they're going to, they're jumping ahead a little bit more. So it's just, it's, it's really interesting. I thought season two was better than season one, uh, personally and i really like season one a lot so anyway i just i uh i recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it and and again i just i think it's one of those things from amc that they easily could have canned maybe they get good revenue off of selling it overseas you know maybe between netflix and foreign markets and things like that it makes just enough money to keep it going uh because it, it i mean other than the setting and stuff it's not like the show's very expensive it's there's right. you know they're not blowing stuff up and they're not you know the set pieces are relatively you know, few, you know, a, a couple of different office spaces and a house. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like it. So well, what will, is AMC going to do with the shifts? It's, of sorry, it's, ten, it's, Dead a, and, it's 10 episodes, by the way, the uh, different seasons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's weird. Like what will they, I mean, fear and walking dead can't go on forever. I mean, eventually. Well, that's, I mean, that's a whole, I've, I've talked about this on the show before where I think Fear the Walking Dead's create, I think that's created the issue that the Walking Dead's in as far as the plateau ratings because the show Fear the Walking Dead clearly not, you know, better than the Walking Dead regardless of how no. good you think that show is. And it's also not doing great with the ratings. But I think the other issue is that creates a lot of Walking Dead in a year. And I think part of the appeal of the Walking Dead is that you only get it for a certain amount of time and then right. you have to wait for more of it. Yeah. Fear the Walking Dead takes away having you know a lot of walking dead content and so people basically get tired of seeing walking dead i think and i think it makes the the, the show proper suffer because of an inferior show and so that i think the, the mix of like a fear the walking dead show that's not you know amazing mixed with a walking dead show that's giving us a lot of what we you know basically see already isn't allowing for you know <laughs> it, it's not making things amazing it's making the ratings kind of struggle, I think, because of how much Walking Dead audiences are getting in a given year and how much they really care about seeing zombies on a weekly basis this way. And it's, you know, seven seasons in of The Walking Dead at this point. So it's like, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. I could talk about Feed the Beast, but I don't really want to. As far yeah. as other AMC shows go. Yeah. <laughs> David Schwimmer sulks a lot, just like he did as Ross, but now it's a drama. And um, Jim Sturgis does a lot of hands acting. Yes, so, he does. <laughs> There's a lot of like him because they're like they play like a chef and a wine guy and they open a restaurant and like Jim Sturgis' character just got out of jail and he's very animated so it's a lot you can't see me doing this but it's a lot of hey I thought we had to do this over here and I have my accent from Brooklyn this is a Brooklyn accent this is just the best I can do hey what's going on he's like moving his hands around all sporadically so that's the <laughs> <laughs> I saw an episode of that at the hotel uh, <laughs> one one of the cons and that's I, the kind of luxury you give yourself when you're at a con right there yeah like, and I <laughs> 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 feed the beast. <laughs> 
And it just made me it's go. Cable. Is, That's right, man. Living large. What is AMC doing when I watched it? Like oh, it's, it's, a, it's adapted from like a show from what Denmark, I think. Yeah, uh, so yeah, like, it's a foreign foreign show. That you know, I, I see the I see like the kind of the bulletin points it hits as far as an AMC drama goes. It has like a offbeat cast, an offbeat tone, uh, some various like plot complications. Like I, I get the show they're trying to like have here, just it's not very good. <laughs> oh well. It's, you know, quirky, because it's, you know, it's like, hey, there's mobsters and chefs and stuff. That's fun. And Ross. <laughs> and Ross. Rachel. Without Rachel. What's he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And no and Joey that to note, talk to. No Joey. Come and on. on that note. Do Is there a monkey? Walk- Is there a little monkey? Do we have any of the Walking Dead news? Uh, the Blu-ray's coming out. I believe, actually, I there will be some giveaway stuff for the Walking Dead Blu-ray over at WhySoBlue.com, the other site that I write for. So uh, I'll be sure to post that on the site as soon as that gets going. But there is a, as always, there's the Walking Dead Season 6 Blu-ray on its way. I believe it's, let's see if I can find this real quick. What's the gimmick this year? What are oh, they- it's, it's, the, it's the walker. If you guys remember this, it's the walker that's like, it's caught between like a truck, um, like in the back of a truck. A wa- it's oh, from like, yeah. it's from like the first, um, episode i believe or like what they had the giant zombie heard uh but it's like a walker like pinned between like a truck and uh a wall or something or like yeah it's like all white i'm yeah. looking at it now on amazon i would say blood. it's not the, it's not the best compared to like the tree one from the previous year or it's no, uh, it's no the Wallow walker yeah <laughs> yes. um it's no heads in a tv with real water that's, that's uh what i was gonna say what a horrible joke you made. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Too soon? God. Um, trying to find the release date on this thing. Let's see. It is... Almost got it. August 23rd. So, yeah, around the yeah around the start of uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, I guess. But it's it's uh, you know it's got the standard stuff features as well as you know some commentaries behind the scenes stuff. It's a little pricey. Amazon wants 149 for that limited edition at this point. That's what was uh, last season? Is that how much was it last season? I never know the prices of these things. I don't know. I just I know get, even the even the one I get it for like, free and review them, so I don't care. Nice. <laughs> even the one with the heads, like I think I saw it somewhat after, like on a discount somewhere for like forty nine or fifty nine bucks or something like that. I almost Walking Dead gives good head. I don't know what to say. Oh. Oh, okay. All right, let's wrap it up. On that note. Uh, on that note, after oh. classing it up, really great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Anybody else have anything to uh, to contribute? So we will be back, I guess at this point, we probably won't be back until Fear comes back. Unless we finally do the All Out War Part 2 episode. Oh, man, yeah, it. we need to do that. When So Fear the Walking Dead comes back, what, two weeks? Oh, I hope more than that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's no near the end of August. I think it's, yeah, it's towards the end of August. Okay. Yeah, I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> August I'm 23rd. Sure. August 23rd. All right. No, 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 will, no, no, no. Well, it's around then. I will commit that we will do All Out War Part 2 uh, before we come back for Fear the Walking Dead. August 21st, Sunday the 21st. The 23rd is when the Blu-ray comes out. Cool. All right. So within two weeks, as you hear this, we will have another episode prior to Fear uh, to finally wrap up All Out War because that was fun and we did it a long time ago and we need to to put it to bed, especially with Negan coming up. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so we'll do that. Got it. Um, And if there's nothing else, thanks, everybody, for listening. And... Um, Aaron, people can find you at uh, the code is Zeke, correct? 
Yeah, you can find me at the Code of Zeke. I put, I, I write a lot of stuff for a lot of different sites at this point, but the Code of Zeke, I do a, generally a weekly recap that has all the links to the stuff that I do. So it's easiest to find me there. You can find me on my other podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, where Abe, my friend Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. And on, I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. And of course, the rest of us knuckleheads you can find on the HHWLOD podcast network right here at HHWLOD.com where we do all, all kinds of shows on the Marvel, the Marvel stuff, the DC stuff, the general stuff. Half Hour Wasted has been doing shows again. Yay. Yeah. Um, and of course, Daryl, uh, everybody can find you at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Yes. And we've got some Batman stuff coming up. Next. Yes. Yeah. Now that we're all conned out, everybody's back, back home. Uh, we'll be firing up the we'll be firing up the back computer again, so that'll be fun. So thanks everybody for listening again. This is Walking Dead TV podcast episode one seventy, um, and we will be back for one seventy one where we will finish out All Out War before we start Fear the Walking Dead with episode one seventy two. So thanks everybody, and we will catch you next time. And uh, you know, and, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember. I have nothing. I was, I was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Are you ready? So Arch- you Until some. there's no more room in Hall H. <laughs> Dead room of the earth, remember. remember. Deodorant. It's your friend, not your foe. Con sweat will keep the zombies away. Them funk bombs are real. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night. Man. So in that teaser for 